This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a very special physician. We're joined by Dr. Jacqueline Cawley. Dr. Cawley is the, both the Vice President of Population Health and the Chief Medical Officer of Ambulatory Care at the Baker Health System. Dr. Cawley, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your roles that you serve today? And then we'll talk about what's going on with COVID-19, what are you seeing with vaccines, what are you seeing with competition, and a lot more. Dr. Cawley? Sure. Hi. Thanks for having me, Scott. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Jackie Cawley. I'm a family physician by background and have been focused on the area of population health and helping to transform healthcare uh, for a number of years. And I work here both um, overseeing the operations of our population health service organization uh, and also, which really does a lot of the, the work for our accountable care organization and clinically integrated network. And then the other role that I play, as you mentioned, is the chief medical officer for ambulatory, which is everything outside of the hospital and outside of our medical group. So we have one of the largest home care agencies, not-for-profit in the United States. We have um, a network of urgent care centers. I oversee a lot of virtual care uh, in the, for the care things like remote patient monitoring and our on-demand urgent care, virtual care, and also a hospital home program. So those are just some of the things that I do. Thank you very much. Let me talk about what are you seeing with COVID-19 and vaccines in your area today? What's, what's the lay of the land there currently? Well, I'm in the Tampa Bay area, so we were pretty hard hit over the last um, six weeks or so uh, with COVID. In our hospital system, we have 14 hospitals. We had about just under 1,200 COVID patients and about 200 uh, in the intensive care unit. And so we, we were just we were just running you know short on everything from ventilators to oxygen to medications uh, for folks. And we're now we're seeing the numbers come way back down. The penetration in our communities are about five or six percent, so a lot less cases, which is great because we were seeing a lot of mortality too. It was very sad, and these were young people, you know, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s that were passing away. So it was very sad. The positive thing about it is because um, the community started to see the impacts, you know, friends and families and neighbors that were passing, you know, from COVID that uh, we started seeing the vaccine rates go up. So it's not perfect, but they've definitely been improving in, uh, in Florida and you know, certainly across our workforce. We're seeing an uptick in the vaccines at this point, too. Thank you. And, our, and how about competition? How does it look at competition currently in the face of so much disruption from just trying to deal with patients and staffing and everything else? What are you seeing there, or what do you think about when you look at competition today? Sure. Well, I think there's competition in a couple uh, of different ways. One is around workforce. So staffing is, you know, is short in our hospital system in basically every position at this point, particularly in, in nursing, um, but in, in really any position. And we're seeing that across the community and, and nationally as well. So just a lot of competition for uh, staff. So the signing bonuses have gone way up. Um, hourly wages is going up, you know, special things that people are doing to try to attract um, workforce, right? So we're definitely seeing that from competitors. And I think also um, one of the things that COVID did for us was, you know, really helped improve um, adoption, both on the provider side and on the patient consumer side for virtual care and telehealth. And so I think we're seeing a lot of new types of care delivery models from our competitors. And I think all of us are trying to figure out how to be, you know, more efficient, 
um, more accessible and, uh, and, you know, just anything that we can do to, to keep overhead down and, and keep um, services going. Thank you. And what, when you look at all the different roles you have, Team Population Health, Chief Medical Officer, and more, where are you most focused and excited today? What, what gets you up in the morning and says, let's accomplish this, let's get after this? What, what's most exciting and most focused on today? So I think um, one of the things that is really fun and exciting, but also really hard is the fact that I'm a disruptor for the health system. So I'm, you know, I'm the one that comes in and says, okay, we're going to focus our efforts on population health, which means we're going to reduce the cost of care. So when I talk about things like a hospital at home program, we've got a great model for that, but it keeps people from being, you know, admitted to the hospital. And uh, with a population, you know, at risk for the payment um, had on, it's great. If I'm thinking about it from a hospital uh, president's perspective, it's not so great, right? Because I'm reducing their, their volume in a fee-for-service uh, environment still. Um, so I think that's one of the most fun things is, you know, thinking about new ways of doing things that's a little bit disruptive and that can help improve outcomes, improve the patient experience, and also reduce costs. Thank you. And what advice do you give leaders wanting to have impactful careers? Physicians, leaders wanting to have great careers, impactful careers. What advice do you give a younger version of yourself? You know, if I look back, um, I was always in some type of a leadership role of one type or another. And sometimes it was just, you know, running a committee or, um, you know, helping to run the practice. But I would say that I never went into medicine with the thought that I was going to do leadership and, and become a physician executive. Um, and I would say that it, it's important to, you know, leave your options open, look for opportunities. Any one of us can be a leader regardless of what title you have or what role you play in your organization. So I think, you know, just being willing to sort of lean in and step up um, to the opportunities as they arise. Um, I think one of the other things too is, you know, especially now with so much disruption, so much change, is really working on resilience and making sure that you're taking good care of yourself um, and, you know, just, uh, just learning to be flexible and adaptable. Because I think the change that we've seen in the last 20 months is not going to go away, that we're going to continue to need to, you know, just really learn how to flex and change um, based on the environment and what's going on, you know, around us in the world. So those are some of the things I would have liked to have known a little bit better and earlier in my life as a leader. You know, 100%. And, and thank you very, very much. It, in terms of the the vice president of population health, excuse me, my goodness, I apologize, Dr. Crowley, and, and the chief medical officer role. Are there a lot of synergies in those roles? How do you work those two roles together? Yeah, there is a lot of synergy. So um, what I like to do is connect dots, you know, uh, oftentimes. And so, in, for example, home care, that's a great way for us to reduce inappropriate utilization or admissions to skilled nursing facilities after someone gets discharged from the hospital. So instead of having them go to a skilled nursing facility, moving my, um, my contacts in the home care space with the folks in, the, um, in case management so that they're talking with one another and we're creating more, um, more synergies and more relationships and more of a, a pull, if you will, or almost like in a relay race, right? We're handing the baton off to the next person for that patient so that it's a nice, smooth, seamless flow for the patient. And it also helps to save us money. So you, it's a win-win, right? Because it's better for the patient to have their services at home. 
um, to be a home and a comfortable space. And we're, we're making it easier for them to have those types of services knit together, if you will. Um, I think another really uh, interesting place has been, you know, our urgent care centers. We've got 19 of those. So connecting the dots between our urgent care center, our medical group, and also our, um, you know, trying to leverage them again as, as a lower level site of care uh, and try to reduce um, cost of ED utilization for things that really don't need to go to the emergency room. So those are some of the places where I just, you know, try to get synergy by connecting the dots and um, connecting people together. A lot of it is around relationship building, um, letting people know that, you know, there are other options and getting people together at the table to think out of the box a little bit. Thank you. One last question. As you've evolved in your career, give us one or two things that have surprised you besides this question. What, what has surprised you over the course of your career that you sort of didn't expect but learned along the way? Anything that you could put in that bucket? So um, I think that you know, one of the things that I think I might have been afraid of when I was younger was failing, if you will. You know, sometimes you have to fail in order to figure out the right thing to do for the longer run. So even though it might seem like a failure, it's really just about learning um, and, you know, just, just not being afraid uh, of making mistakes, but just being very open to, you know, to learning. I think that, that that's, you know, definitely one thing that I've learned al along the way. And, um, you know, I think the other thing, too, is, you know, you, do, you can do more than you think. Um, and, you know, you, you, can, you can have a huge impact sometimes by doing some simple things and just stepping up to the plate and, um, and, and being, you know, being willing to, to be that leader. You can have huge impacts on other people's lives. Just fantastic. What a remarkable career. I, I know you're a transplant from the New England to the Tampa area. Where are your loyalties just completely with Tom Brady at this point and not with Bill Belichick at all? How do you sort of view that? <laughs> okay, so this causes a, a definite issue at home. Um, so I, I love Tom Brady. I think he's a great, um, he's a great player. And so um, I've embraced the Bucks since I've come down to the Tampa Bay area. It's uh, easy to do when you got Tom Brady and you got Gronk, you know, on your team. Um, that said, I still do love, I have a soft spot for the Patriots and, uh, you know, definitely keeping them close by. But I have to say, I was really excited when the Red Sox beat Tampa Bay <laughs> the other day uh, in the series and, you know, continue to, to go on to, to play with the Astros. But, um, but yeah, I'm sticking with the Bucks. And let me ask you a question on this. I, you know, I just literally listened to a book on tape between podcasts about the New England dynasty and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the whole thing. So it's top of mind, you know, after, after a much more serious book I've been reading or listening to. But so Bill Belichick, sort of enigmatic, sort of like a, a strange character, huge fan. Where, where, where are you at on the Bill Belichick? Where are you at on that? Is he, are you a huge fan? Are you not a fan? You Do know, you look at all his accomplishments? How do you look at that? You know, you got you to gotta admire the guy with the accomplishments that he's had. You know, so he's had quite a career. That said, um, you know, I think he sticks his, he just stays stuck in the sand and he's not moving. And um, I mean, I think that some of his stuff is just getting kind of old at this point and, and you're seeing it this year play out. You know, I, I think he, he either needs to change or they need to make a change <laughs> with the Patriots. <laughs> No, it's a fascinating situation, and it's, uh, I mean, what a fascinating sort of like evolution of careers, watching this whole thing with Tom Brady, them saying it's time for him to go, him leaving, 
at 42 than winning a Super Bowl in Tampa. I mean, we, it's a different subject that I won't uh, labor all of our listenership with. I, I will <laughs> tell you, Dr. Coley, I, I appreciate you indulging me in the conversation. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on the uh, Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you always. Thank you very, very much. Thank you.